just in time for summer, the folks at Epic Brewing have released a new canned cocktail, the Utah Margarita. A delicious blend of real lime and agave, the Utah Margarita is ready to drink by the river or in the park. And here's the kicker, no need to buy it at a liquor store. Pick up a six-pack of Epic Brewing's Utah Margarita at any local Harmon's or Trader Joe's, or visit Epic Brewing on State Street in downtown Salt Lake City. Here's what Salt Lake's talking about. All this snow has not saved the Great Salt Lake. Our namesake is at a dangerous low, and if we don't make some big changes to our water consumption in the coming years, arsenic from the lake bed could be swirling around our beloved valley. One of the institutions that gets a lot of flack for water use is golf. But how much water are our state's courses actually guzzling? At long last, we have the data. It's Tuesday, April 11th. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Salt Lake Tribune water reporter Leah Larson, during the recent legislative session, there was a proposal to start tracking how much water Utah's golf courses use, but lawmakers said no to that, so you kind of took matters into your own hands, which we love. Why is it so important to have this data? I think it's important just in, for the sake of transparency. Water is on everybody's minds right, right now. Mm. They want to know where it's going, how it's being used. Is it being used responsibly? So I, I just think equipping the public with information is never a bad thing. So that's why I think it was important. Yeah. Well, we also, I mean, we love throwing shade <laughs> at golf courses in Utah for their water consumption. But am I understanding correctly that basically before now we haven't had the full picture until you got this data? Yeah. You know, one thing that was surprising to me is a lot of golf courses don't even track how much water they're using. They just kind of go off of like, well, mm. how's the grass responding? And does it feel like they're cutting back? And a lot of the golf courses that aren't tracking how much they use are publicly owned golf courses, like Provo City doesn't track how much water their courses use. What? Yeah. <laughs> it's the publicly owned ones that aren't tracking? Yeah, well, I think it's a combination of both. But I was surprised that public courses wouldn't be watching watching this. I mean, maybe you could understand why smaller ones with smaller budgets wouldn't be. But like Provo is a pretty big city. And even where I'm at in Ogden, they didn't put a meter on until last year. So there was no way to track it and compare year over year. Okay. Well, yeah, we've got more than 100 golf courses mm -hmm. in this state. You sent out a lot of records requests for this project. What did you learn? Yeah, shout out to intern Emma Keddington for helping me with these ground requests because it was a lot to wrangle. What did we learn? That's a great question. I mean, I would encourage your listeners to uh, take a look at their interactive map and the spreadsheet I made, and they can do their own comparisons. For example, I was talking to Representative Doug Welton, who sponsored the bill that would attract golf course use and you know never made it out of committee. But I was talking to him and showing him what I found just to get his reaction. And so we looked at his hometown golf course in Payson, and then a colleague or a constituent of his had complained about a country club in Salt Lake City that it seemed like they were being wasteful. So we looked at that and we compared the numbers and found that actually they used the same amount of water and they were about the same size. So maybe they're not as wasteful mm -hmm. as, as this person thought. 
Um, so I just think it's fun. I mean, I'm a data person. I like to look at numbers. I think it, it's useful to have a comparison, be able to put things in context, like how much water does a golf course in St. George use versus a golf course in Summit County? You know, obviously the one in the hotter climate is going to use more, but how much more? I just think it's useful to look at the numbers and play around with it and maybe look at your hometown golf course. And if they seem like they're using more than nearby golf courses, maybe you can, you know, talk to them about that or, you know, so. Yeah. Well, were there any that were sort of astronomical compared to others? I mean, what is astronomical? I know a lot of people right. were surprised about Golf the Round, which is owned by the Central Water Reclamation District. There's been a lot of reaction to that one. That one seemed, It's only a nine-hole golf course, and it was in the top 10 for water use. But they are a water reclamation facility, and if you look at their aerial photos, I was just looking at them today, actually, because there's been so many questions about it. Um, they refill a lot of ponds. The property has a lot of ponds. Where is that one located? It's like in central Salt Lake County, I would say. I think it's on 3300 South. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. I actually yeah. know. 3300 South of Salt Lake. So, How have these courses' water use changed? Because one of the things we've heard, and I like this was reinforced in your story from the golf courses is, well, we have been trying to cut our water use. Like we do, we are trying to meet the moment, you know, did that play out? Not across the board, which I guess is not surprising, but I mean, if you're not tracking it, what what incentive is there? But I mean, like a lot did cut back, especially the publicly owned golf courses that track their water use, they did cut back. And I think that is worth some kudos because if you think back to 2022, it was like bone dry. We didn't get hardly any moisture, any rain. So the fact that they would use less that year compared to the year before meant that they were, you know, making some sacrifices and letting some some grass go brown. So yeah, I think that that's worthy of some praise, I guess. The Living Traditions Festival is back in downtown Salt Lake City, May 17th through 19th. And this is when I come alive. It is so easy to sell me on three days of Washington Square and Library Square converting to a global food court. And this festival has truly been one of my favorites for years now. Living Traditions convenes the diversity of artistic traditions, food heritage, music, and art from the many cultures that have made Utah their home. You can expect everything from live music and dance to hands-on workshops, a little shopping, Sundance film screenings, and Bohemian Brewery. There is something for the whole family, and it's free entry. Come celebrate all of the rich cultures that make up our community. Find more information on the festival and view the full program guide at livingtraditionsfestival.com or on Instagram and Facebook at slclivingtrad. We talk a lot on this show about our city's crown jewels. What are the institutions that open doors in our community and regulate its pulse? I choose Salt Lake Community College, and it is a home for incredibly focused Salt Lakers. Nearly 80% of their students work while going to school, many full-time jobs. If I could do college all over again, I would not be 33 and sitting on these damn student loans. And slick students aren't. 80% graduate with little to no student loan debt or save thousands knocking out credits before transferring to a four-year institution. Every day, Salt Lake Community College is transforming lives and communities through education. If you want to learn something new, refine a trade, 
or pursue a higher degree for the first time, explore your options at slcc.edu. Study alongside hard workers, save precious money, and be one in a class of 19, not 100. I was like trying to decide whether or not I should ask you this question because when we talk about water, specifically when you're on this show and we're talking about water and we talk about like <laughs> how many acre feet or like metric tons or whatever of water, I'm always like, what's the point? Like, I have no idea what an acre foot is, but I do feel like we need to have that conversation. So how me- how much water are all of our golf courses using like in a year? Good question. And I know like it's hard enough to explain an acre foot in print when we can use like images and things and it's even harder via audio. So an acre foot is about 326,000 gallons, which I know like that means nothing too. But if you are a household that's really good about not overwatering outdoors, you should be using about half an acre foot a year. That would support one household. So an acre foot should support two households if we're doing our very best to conserve. Does that make sense? Yeah. And to your question of how much do our golf courses in Utah use, that's tricky because I couldn't get the data for every single golf course. So we don't really know. And I think because we have so many varying climates across Utah, it's hard to like even average it out and assign a number to the ones that didn't report or couldn't report. But I did try to look at the, the Great Salt Lake Basin because they have that area kind of has generally the same climate and the same irrigation season. And all the golf courses in the Great Salt Lake Basin use about 20,000 acre feet. That's about as much as the LDS Church just donated to the lake per year, if you heard that big news. Um, so uh, about enough to support 40,000 households, which is not small. No. But if you think about the context of the lake's needs... It's been having a shortage of about 1 million acre feet a year. So golf courses alone are not the solution. Does that make sense? Yeah. I want to get into that because you have been laser focused on reporting on the crisis at the Great Salt Lake. It's drying up. It's mostly humans' fault. If we got rid of all of Utah's 114 golf courses tomorrow, how would it impact the lake? I mean, it it would just be a blip, right? But we, we need all hands on deck. We need all the solutions to solve this problem. And then not only that, but growth, like, do we want in our communities as they grow, do we want golf courses or do we want, you know, more housing and, you know, we're we're not generating more water. It's kind of a finite resource. So I think it's more useful to think about it maybe in that context. Yeah. And we also know that building houses uses quite a bit of water. Absolutely. It does. Well, there's been a big push for residents to rip out their lawns in the name of water conservation. Salt Lake County even appropriated a bunch of money to rip out like median turf. Like you mentioned all hands on deck and we are trying all of us, it feels, to do our part. So when people drive past these lush golf courses, they're like, hey, what's the deal here? Why do they get a pass? How does this data either validate or invalidate the shade that we do throw at golf courses in our in our water crisis. And I think, you know, it seems the golf industry was so resistant to putting this data out there. And I'm not sure why, because it could be like, a you know, a good PR move because you can point to numbers and be like, look, we are cutting back just like you. Look, look how much water we saved. Um, I think the golf industry would argue that, you know, we, we do provide a public benefit. We take, especially the publicly owned courses, we take a sport that, you know, was once kind of exclusionary and expensive and we've opened it up to everybody. And, you know, it, it, like during the pandemic, it was an opportunity to get outdoors and socially distance. So it was really valuable. Then we saw participation spike. 
So I don't want to say golf courses have no value and they should all go away. But I think just as a community, when we have a very limited resource like water, I guess we all need to decide, like, how do we want to use that resource? Do we want to use on golf courses or would we rather use it more on like a public park where more people can be there participating at the same time and doing different activities? Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally does. Because I've been one of those like kind of golf haters. (laughs) But one of the things that surprised me most about your reporting was to see that In just Salt Lake City, golf participation grew by 25% in 2020. Like, I think of this as a sport that is for people who are older. Like, I just don't think of it as like a growing sport. And yet the data kind of proves that it is increasing in popularity. And so there is something to having golf courses available for people to play on. Yeah, like I said, during the pandemic, certainly it was useful. But now that we're back to our our old routines and our old activities, I don't, it would be interesting to see whether that those numbers hold. Yeah, totally. Well, what surprised you most from your reporting? Well, you know, actually, I was surprised at how easy it was to get this data. Like, People were more Mm. forthcoming than I thought they would be. The cities and counties were really cooperative in getting the data to me, including like really rural, small ones who don't deal with public records requests very often. Everybody was really helpful. Mm. So it it took us all set about a month to get all of this. So it's out there. I mean, you could update it every year. There's no reason not to, in my opinion. Yeah. Are you gonna? Uh, We'll see. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) It does seem like it was a lot of work, even though you all managed to pull it off. Yeah, but I did request data for the last five years, so that just complicated it. But moving forward, if we only had to do one year, perhaps it would motivate some of these cities to begin tracking it that don't track it. So there's a case to be made, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I would argue it seems like right now the Salt Lake Tribune's online interactive map is their greatest form of accountability right now. I think it's their first form of accountability so far. So yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that matters. What do you hope comes from all this work? I just want the public to be more informed about water use. And I've had a lot of requests to do parks next. And I think that's a good idea. I think the more data we have, the more we know where our water is going. Like there's just such a a thirst, like no pun intended, but there's such a thirst out there to know like, where is the water going? Why are we having so many problems? So uh, this is just a slice of the overall picture, of course, but I hope that, you know, people go through this data, compare across golf courses and just walk away feeling better informed. Salt Lake Tribune water reporter Leah Larson, thank you so much for your time and for your reporting. We're really lucky to have you on this beat. I mean it. Oh, thank you. And thanks for having me back again. I encourage you to browse Leah's golf course data map on the Tribune website. I linked it directly in the show notes. And while we're on the subject, do you subscribe to the Salt Lake Tribune? It is $8 a month for virtual access, and it supports the important work of reporters like Leah. All right. While Salt Lake County may be this close to moving out of drought status, there are parts of our state that are still in crisis. Most notably, the Lake Powell Reservoir on the Utah-Arizona border is at a historic low. Lake Powell is fed by the Colorado River, which is running dry. Currently, Lake Powell provides water to much of Southern California, but 17 years ago, the state of Utah announced a plan to build a pipeline that would deliver water from Lake Powell to the fastest-growing city in the nation. Want to guess what it is? It's St. George in Utah. Now, this has been a very controversial proposal which is one reason the Lake Powell pipeline still doesn't exist. Add to the list of issues, it would cost $2.2 billion, 
There's not much water in the lake to divert these days. And now KUER reports that federal regulators are side-eyeing this project. Of course, if you've been to nearby St. George, you know what the city has become kind of famous for, right? Golf. That is all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. Thank you for listening. We will be back tomorrow morning with more from around this city. Bye. Bye.